in like the culinary world, mouthfeel. Mouthfeel, yeah, yeah. It's a strange. I was going to say that, but I thought that that was a little bit too weird. That's weird. But you've yeah. heard it, so yeah. it would have been. It'd have been weird because it's weird, but not yeah. weird that I. Said I would it. prefer that you no one ever like, says that in front of me. Like it's just not. It's gross. There are some things though that um, are so on the spectrum of mouthfeel, like so. Wow, that's fantastic. That it merits that phrase, don't you think? Uh, no, there because so- you can say mm-hmm. I like the texture, because you can say that. You can, but I don't feel like that fully encapsulates the it does the sensation. It does totally. What about the? Do you like chewy brownies? Yeah, the chewiest of chewy brownies. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like texture can get it because it's not just texture. It's also like a little bit of like the oil from the fatness of the brownie. I love how like, chewy these brownies are. No, 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 no. In addition to chewy, the little bit of oil that is released into your mouth and it's just... I love how buttery these brownies mm. are. But now you have to say buttery and chewy. How hard is that? It's not, not, wor- it's not worth mouth saying mouthfeel. <laughs> It's just not. I disagree. It's not worth saying mouthfeel. Mm-mm. Mm, mouthfeel. Ugh, now I want brownies. That's worse. <laughs> so people freak out about the word moist. Yeah. I, I, I and I, I get that, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't like, I don't like mouthfeel. I don't like this. It's kinda gives, weird. It gives me the, the creeps a little bit. It's weird. What about, did you ever watch um, Iron Chef? Like the original, yeah. Or maybe even it might have not even been the original. There was this um, this Asian judge, female judge, mm-hmm. and she would describe things as oily, but she'd say it's a little bit oily. It's so like whenever Matt and I say anything's oily now, we go to her voice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's tough. That's kind of I'm it's imagining oily. the two of you doing it's that. It's very oily. Kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of great. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, yeah, mouthfeel is weird. I don't uh, like it. it I I agree with you that it's weird, but I do feel like it's warranted in certain circumstances. I just, to all of our listeners, I don't think it's ever okay. Maybe for my breakfast taco this morning, I feel like it had a really good night mouthfeel. It did, it did, it did. (laughs) If it hits different, if it hits more than two or more categories of adjectives in separate categories. Okay. What are these categories? And who made up these rules? I, I feel did. like you're making them up right now. <laughs> I made them up. Yeah, I don't like They're that. They're for me. I don't like that. Because people even, like like uh, like sommeliers, like people that are really oh, into yes, wine. Oh, yes, the sommeliers. They, they even talk about mouthfeel, the mouthfeel of wine. Yeah, that's weird. And I don't like that either. And they swish it around. Because it's a it's liquid. Like, yeah. How much feeling can you have going on? It's okay. wet. Okay, okay. But, okay, so, so there can be... It can be dry. <gasps> a dry wet. There's also... Uh, like wine that's a little bit denser than other wine, like a, like it feels a little bit oily, right? So like, like a really like heavy like Pinot or a really heavy Merlot is different than like and a Chardonnay. Yeah, exactly. And they talk about mouthfeel, and it's like you just, can't even say without looking weird. Just <laughs> shut up and drink your wine, like. <laughs>
found on YouTube where um, you can you can download whole. I mean, it's PBS, so you can download whole episodes of Mr. Rogers. You can also download like the individual songs. Oh. And so the song where he's like, I, the, the I like you song, uh-huh. where he's like, I like you just how you are. Um, you can download that song, and I played it for the the youth group, and maybe like maybe like a third or half of the kids had heard it before, yeah. right? Because they're they're at this point it's their parents right, that right, grew right. up with Mr. Rogers, but they were all so intrigued and excited by like it like it totally still worked like yeah. it his face and the whole thing with you know the 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 puppet singing along and all that stuff it was just it was like this totally works and it's still a relevant message and it's still what people need to hear yeah and it was really it was really cool and it almost is really like neat. so simple that it feels like oh is it gonna work and it's like no this is exactly exactly it's, yeah it's yeah there's no there's no flashing lights there's nothing yeah necessarily extraordinary about it except for the message mm-hmm. right which is, is really which cool which gets to shine mm-hmm. yeah yeah <sighs> yeah it's very cool very cool mm. Mm. how's it going good good yeah <laughs> um it's been an interesting week we're, we're podcasting by the way is all that right. a, is that all right yeah cool i mean that's um, what we're here for so right <laughs> it's been an interesting week for both of us i think we have both experienced, um, uh, some, some hard like S curves in the road of Lent, yeah, right. A little weird. And not necessarily just challenges to our Lenten experience or, or what we've been called to do for Lent, but challenges in the people around us, um, mm-hmm. challenges in our respective, um, you know, jobs and life and stuff like that. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I really am, getting more of a, more of a sense of like this Lent, I feel like God is trying to teach me all about the identity of Lent. Okay. Like what Lent is really supposed to be about. And then to, to kind of, he's asking me to kind of jump into that, um, feet first, because I think, well, I know that kind of the true meaning, the true purpose of Lent is supposed to make me really uncomfortable Mm-hmm. and uncomfortable in the sense that um, it's almost, it's like it's uncomfortable in the way that going to the gym is uncomfortable or, right. ma- or maybe grows you. Yeah. Or, or, necessary. or maybe, yeah. maybe even like learning a new skill, learning mm-hmm. to ride a bike at first is really uncomfortable. Um, learning to, I don't know, just you think about being a kid, right. And you're, you're, you're learning all these new skills and mm-hmm. you're learning kind of as you go the first time, you know, for, for me as a guy, the first time you go up to a girl and talk to her, how uncomfortable that is, mm. you know, and all the what ifs that go along with exactly, it. Like exactly. You don't fail and- yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I wonder, I mean, before we really do the hi Nikki, hi James thing, <laughs> um, is it, is it that way? Are there, are there, is that learning curve or that, that sort of, first of all, is that something that you're feeling? And then is that learning curve, still there as a parent? Are you working on, on kind of focusing your kids during Lent? Like how does, how does that work? That is a lot of questions. I'm sorry. (laughs) I didn't, I didn't mean to do that. No, that's all good. Um, yeah, for sure. Still, still awkward and still trying to reorient my kids, um, towards that for Lent because I'm still, I, I still feel like I'm trying to figure it out on my own, Mm -hmm. you know, because I don't, I don't ever, I might exude confidence. I am not. Even in my, 
I don't want to say in my faith, in some practices mm-hmm. of, of uh, the faith life. I always feel like there's more that I could be doing to um, grow closer or, or learn more. Mm-hmm. You know, just the fact that I learn more each day and each Lent is a different Lent for me causes me a little bit of an awkward pause of, oh shoot, have I been, have I been messing it up, not doing enough or, yeah. or getting it all wrong with focus, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so that of course cascades down to my kids and sure. my, you know, leading them in the way that, that they need to be, that, that, that they would best be led. Mm-hmm during this liturgical time. Yeah. I, I, so, um, usually, usually at this point in the podcast, we're just kind of screwing around and, and talking about whatever. Right. And, and that's, uh, mouthfeel, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, and that's, that's, that's totally fine. Uh, but I, I really feel like we, we haven't podcasted in a little while and I, you got some things you need to talk about. Well, it's not, it's not just that. I think that there have been, at least for me, uh, you know, even even when I I haven't necessarily been actively asking for it in prayer, I feel like this Lent, God is is really kind of showing me some some new avenues to explore, right? Some new some new directions to go in that like on that Lenten journey, right? Mm-hmm. Some some different things to try, and I also feel like he he really is um, I don't know just just really highlighting some of the ways in which I've been like the misconceptions that I've had about Lent, oh. maybe my entire life. Right. And, Interesting. and um, a, a, a friend of mine, I guess, a, 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 you know, a person that I think, you know, as well, a guy named Chris Bartlett, mm-hmm. he, he summed it up really nicely. And I've heard this before. He summed it up really ni- nicely at an event here at St. Vincent de Paul last night. He said, um, uh, you know, Lent is, is he, he, he said when, when he was growing up, uh, he felt like, you know, being Catholic, uh, you always felt kind of guilty about something. Oh, whatever, and, and whatever then, the day is and, and the then, topic is. And then during Lent, you I felt, you guilt. felt extra guilty, yeah. right? And that, that was kind of the purpose of Lent. You were miserable. And then <laughs> on top of your misery, you were guilty <laughs> during Lent, right? And that, that, you know, that's not the case. God is, is, and we've talked about it in the last couple of episodes, but we, but God is really wanting to, to, to get closer to you. That's the reason we're, we're, you know, we're kind of making room for him. The reason we're kind of, you know, isolating ourselves through pray, praying and fasting and giving during Lent is to, is to make space for Jesus. You know, that, that has come to the forefront for me in a couple of ways. One, recognizing all of the areas in my life in which I don't make space for Jesus. And mm-hmm. some of those areas are in ministry. Really? Like I don't let him That's be in charge of some things, right? Mm-hmm. I don't let him guide me in some things. And then, so that's the first thing. And then also, um, a lot of those, a lot of those interactions I have with him where I say no, or I, I kind of, you know, I, I kind of, I, I want to take the reins, right. Mm-hmm. Are really, um, are really areas in my life that I've never, I've never really been willing to give to him. And so because Lent is this kind of lonely time in the desert, there's nothing like camouflaging those areas. Yeah, they're just all out in the open. They're just all out in the open. God is like, this is the this is the moment where, James, or th- are these are the moments <laughs> where we're going to work on this, you know, and I'm and I'm going to be here until you want to work on it. Okay, right. And um, Have that's you embrace that. 
this Lent? Yeah, I, I, I feel like, I feel like I have, it is, it is hard and mm-hmm. it's, and it's hard. Um, and, and maybe this is what you're kind of talking about with things trickling down, mm-hmm. right? I think once you start to unlock that stuff, it is a little bit of a Pandora's box. It right. is a little bit of like, it's too revealing. Oh, <laughs> that's how much I need to work yeah. on this. That's why I've never, you know, it's like that drawer that you have all the stuff just the stuffed in drawer, that yeah. you never open because, uh, except to put more stuff in there. Because it's like, if I open that, if I leave it open for 30 seconds, I'm going to have to go through in my mind that I need to clean it and that I need to put things away. And then away. there goes the whole entire day. Yeah. Or the week or something, right? <laughs> right. It could be more. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, just, I don't know, just interesting Lent check, check in. If you're listening to this and you're going through that, um, you are certainly not alone. I think that Lent is about, you know, that process of, of being uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, I do think that God has a very joyful and rejoicing, rejoiceful, I don't know if that's a word, uh, countenance when he, when we encounter him in that mm-hmm. place, he is excited. He's like, he's like Marie Kondo on the, Oh my God. he's so excited to like throw your stuff away, even though you're not excited yeah. to throw your stuff away. He's like, he's puzzle, like, Hey, does this face. spark joy? And he's already like throwing stuff away. It's gone. Right. <laughs> and you're like, wait, I need that pizza so box from 1997, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, like whatever yeah. it might be. Um, yeah. So that's, that's, um, I don't know, just some... That's where you are. That's where I am. That's where I think, you know, um, I think a lot of us go that's through that. That's not uncommon place yeah. to be. Yeah. 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 Um, are, your, are your kids giving up things for Lent? Um, I'm not real sure. <laughs> I haven't really checked in with them. I love Isn't that. that terrible? No, it's not terrible. No. No. I think um, the, the times that we've talked about it, um, Luke and I will have conversations. He will say, I haven't decided yet. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, we're... We're in Lent mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Like it yeah. started. Maybe he's given up deciding things for Lent. <laughs> Could be. Could be. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's tough. That's yeah. tough. Uh, we should, we should probably podcast and uh, maybe get into a topic that will help us to discern some answers, to discern some direction. If you're struggling, uh, this episode is going to be out uh, the Monday of Holy Week. So um, happy Holy Week happy if you're, Holy if you're listening. Um, what a week that is. This, I love this, Holy Week. The, I, th- I think the topic that we're going to talk about today is really going to help us put a fresh perspective on um, maybe even deciding what to give up oh, okay. at Lent and also or during Lent uh, for this this time of Holy Week, how to how to go a little deeper. And then um, Jesus's attitude during Holy Week. Hmm. That's something that I think is okay. really, really hard for us to connect with because you got to think that the divine is just taking over, right? But his humanity yeah, is still full, is still present, fully present yeah. and still made all the right choices and didn't said all the right things and got it all right. How? How? Yeah. how? Other than divine help, how? How did yeah. how did Jesus do that? Um, there's and I don't pretend to have all those answers. We don't pretend to have I all feel those very answers. Dumbfounded by but those but but I think it is something that's important for us to think about if we're going to try to get out of the passion mm-hmm. what we're supposed to get out of it, which is Jesus loves you. Yeah. Right. Um, it's hard to unpack that without understanding kind of where he's coming. Okay, God, you love me. Did you have to do that? You Did know? it have to be that extreme? Yeah. 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 Mm. Um, and then too, I think there's a feeling sometimes that like, 
all that stuff that was going on with you in the first century, Jesus, they arrested you and they, you know, scourged you and all that stuff that you it didn't have anything to do with me. I think that is a, something that people feel these really? days. Like, yeah, that wasn't about me. So I, I, you know, I didn't do it. Like that's okay. people's attitude yeah, a yeah. lot of the time, even checking yeah. in with some of our teens. Sometimes that's like, the question is, why did it have to be that way? Cause that, you know, doesn't, right. it, it just, it just feels distant. Yeah. Right. Um, and so we're going to talk about too far removed. We're going to talk about a topic today that I think will kind of shed some light on that. All right. Are you ready for that? Mm-hmm. I'm ready for that. We yeah. should podcast now. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Nikki. Hello, James. How's it going? It's going really, really well. You're wearing purple. I am. I'm um, feeling... You're very liturgically correct. I'm feeling liturgically correct. That's good. I try to dress to the liturgical seasons. Okay. That's, That's exciting. Thing. Yeah. So while I may be having some underlying um, guilt run through my uh, presence from not having my kids uh, give up stuff because I didn't really connect with them in that way, because, you know, that's how I work. Now I'm feeling guilty. I do send them all little, um, we have like a family texting group thingy, and I will send them, you know, hey, you guys, wear rose today. Do they actually wear rose? Heck yeah. Might not give up anything for 40 days, but they're going to be wearing rose on, on I don't know how to pronounce it, La Terre Sunday. How do you Le, say that? Latari. Latari, yeah, yeah, that one. Like Atari. Yes. But with an L. Um, Father Brian says, better Latari than never. <laughs> I um, feel like, if nothing else, this podcast will reveal how much I don't know. Same. And I, how much I don't do. Like when you're asking about the kids and all this stuff, it's so hard, James. It's so hard. It doesn't have to be hard. It, it is. Oh, well. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't, I'm sorry. That was very condescending. Yeah, rephrase, I don't, buddy. I don't, I don't mean that. <laughs> what I mean is I think, um, I think it kind of depends on your approach, right? So um, I went through this. We just had our confirmation retreat the whole, the whole weekend. I was really only kind of focusing on the things that weren't going according to plan. Um, I, I forgot some stuff. It was a very kind of busy sort of turnover. There was a bunch of kids. We haven't done a retreat in a long time because of COVID. So I like left some stuff here. You brought us a projector, mm-hmm. right? Uh, mm-hmm. You drove out there and brought us a projector. You came and presented, um, which we didn't wind up using, but I thought we would need. And then I forgot it. I forgot the projector here at the church and you were kind enough to bring us one. Just little things like that. And I was really kind of focusing on those little things and I wasn't you know, uh, actually talked about this with my therapist. I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> focusing on like the things that were going right. Like all of our teen leaders knew, mm-hmm. knew exactly what to do. They, they, they all had group. their jobs and they, they were well-trained and ready to go and excited. And, you know, the kids got into, to small groups and we had fun small group activities and they were paying attention. There was very, there was very, very little falling asleep. You know, we took, uh, we had priests out there for reconciliation on Friday night and, just about everybody went to reconcile. Like it was, there was lots yeah, of success, lots of right? Positive things. And I'm, I'm looking at that kind of that mm. little thing. Like, well, I, f- I can't believe I forgot the projector. Now the kids won't know the words to the praise and worship songs. They knew every word to every song we sang, right? Excellent. Like they, they yes. did. So, I think even you know whether it's youth ministry stuff or parent stuff or, or whatever stuff we have, I think a lot of times it the 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 you know kind of focusing on that singular, that, that single, you know, I don't know, that, that, that 
little kind of speck of something that is irregular or that's, that's mm-hmm. aberrant, that that's not supposed to be there. Um, we can, we can get lost in that, lost in those weeds forever if yeah. we want to. I know that you as a mom are setting an, an example of leaning into Lent, leaning into uh, a, a prayer routine with God, making sure your kids get to mass, like all, doing all of these things that are, I don't want to say they're unique to you, but you kind of have your own thumbprint, your own mm-hmm. fingerprint as a parent, right? And if they're, you know, like, I don't, I don't know any other parents that are encouraging their kids to dress a certain way in order to be conscious of the liturgical season. Like, I, I just, I've honestly, I've never heard of that before. So seriously. So, um, that's really cool. That's awesome. Right. So, you know, that, that kind of, um, that kind of thing I think is really not only, it's not only, it not only underlines the importance of kind of saying, Hey, what, what things are going right. Mm, Right. Yeah. It's also underlining the importance of, you know, your, what you, what you are called to do with your family, there's not necessarily a right answer, right? The, the things that you have um, going on with your family and the ways that you celebrate your relationship with God, that you celebrate the liturgical year or you celebrate, you know, whatever, that can be unique to you. And, and, there, and there, is a, there is a real sacredness about that uniqueness, uniqueness a word I think so. uh, there's a real sacredness about that that sort of one-of-a-kind nature of your family right that's that's really cool thank you so I do feel like you just you just therapied me thank oh. you thank you for that oh well, I didn't mean to do that I, I'm sorry no 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 I'm not complaining I okay that's good okay I just good. I didn't what are we doing I didn't feel I didn't mean to uh go off on a womp womp I haven't done this just to say, we're not perfect. Never claim to be. There are still little areas that I'd like to improve upon in my parenting and my faith life. And how those two intersect or live harmoniously yeah. with each other. Yeah, I, I totally, um, totally in awe of parents that put the practice of their faith, um, right up there, or I guess I should say up above the logistics of their family. Mm. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and a lot of times, you know, we think that parenting is, is, is all about logistics and, and I'm not a parent. So this is just based on observation. Um, but so often like the, the parents that really struggle are the ones that are, you know, they have so much piled up on their plate the parents that come to me and they're like, I just can't get little Johnny to go to mass or to, to open up to me or, or, you know, got X, Y, Z going on in our family. So often those parents are so, it's not, not busy. Everybody's busy, but they're consumed with the busyness. Mm. The busyness kind of, mm-hmm. kind of runs the show. Right. And the parents that say, okay, we're busy and things are crazy. And my kid is really rebelling in X, Y, Z areas, maybe even including their faith or going to church or whatever but I'm not going to stop modeling faith mm-hmm. to my kid. I'm, I'm not going to stop encouraging my kid to go to mass. I'm not going to stop making time for myself yeah. to pray, that kind of thing. There's no time that you throw in the yeah. towel and, and say, yeah. it's not worth it. And it's always going to be Because it's always going to be, it. right? It's always going to be um, worth it. And it's always going to be, it's always going to be tough. It's always going to be hard. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
yeah, we can we can we can kind of start there with what we're going to talk about today. I think. Hi. Um, so today we are talking about freedom, and that's a weird, it's a weird little segue considering what we've talked about already. <laughs> like, like what does freedom have to do with Lent? What does it have to do mm. with our lives and our families and outside of our families? Um, it has everything to yeah. do with it. Uh, did you um, did you did you read the readings today? I read the gospel. Okay. I didn't read the first reading. Yeah. So the gospel today is really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to kind of talk about it uh, real quick. So I'll, I'll, I'll read it really quick and we can, um, we can kind of go from there. So this is, um, this is the gospel for today. We're recording this on, uh, on the Thursday before Holy Week. So yeah. So the Thursday of the fifth week of Lent. Right. And, um, Jesus is, is there's this kind of series of controversial, every, you know, mm-hmm. everything Jesus does is controversial, but in John's gospel, there's this series of, um, of readings kind of leading up to his arrest, uh, that kind of show this escalation between Jesus and the powers that be right. And, right. and how the authority, the, the, yeah, the authorities of the time are kind of looking at Jesus a little bit sideways now and, and wondering kind of what his, um, what his angle is, they think that he's this, um, this rebel, right? Which in a lot of ways he is, he's this very radical presence, uh, for them. Um, and they've, they've convinced themselves that he's a a blasphemer and it's, Mm -hmm. it's, there's a very illogical sort of way that they got there. Right. But they've gotten there and they've gotten there as a group. And so they're really just kind of looking for their moment to kill him. Like that's what they've decided. Strike. Exactly. So, um, Jesus, of course, leans into this real hard, uh, as we, as we might expect him to do. Um, he does not back down. He never, never once in any of the gospels, does he really even take the time to clarify himself when he says some of these controversial Which things. It just makes me so like proud to yeah. be one of his followers. Cause I'm just like, Oh my gosh, you're so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is so confident. In yeah. Just, yeah. You talk you, you like that example of confidence is just mm-hmm. so beautiful mm-hmm. and so refreshing. Um, it's also, uh, an example of truth living in the truth and contrary to what maybe we might think freedom is. I think the, the Christian, the Catholic definition of freedom is closer to truth as opposed to maybe like getting to do whatever you want. Right. And, and kind of having these, kind of having free reign over, over whatever or whoever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to read this real quick and then we'll jump into it. Uh, just, I, I heard this this morning and I've been thinking about, we've been thinking about talking about freedom and there's just some really cool stuff in this scripture. Um, it's, it's really awesome. So this is from, uh, John chapter eight, uh, verses 51 through 59. Jesus said to the Jews, amen, amen. I say to you, whoever keeps my word will never see death. So the Jews said to him, Now we are sure that you are possessed. Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, Whoever keeps my word will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who died, or the prophets, who died? Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is worth nothing. But it is my father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. You do not know him but I know him. And if I should say that I do not know him, I would be like you, a liar. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Abraham, your father, rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. 
So the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and you have seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, before Abraham came to be, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid and went out of the temple area. Wow. Wow. Like, giving me goosebumps. Mm -hmm. Um, Jesus is so sure and so... Firm, steady. Uh, yeah, and and I, I can just imagine him. You know, I don't imagine him yelling these words. I imagine him just, you know, he's he's got a very peaceful countenance, and he's just kind of telling it like it is yeah. here. And what he's telling is shocking. It's shocking to hear it now, like knowing the rest of the story, knowing that he's going to resurrect and Christianity is going to spread all over the world, and like knowing the next two thousand years of history. It's even still shocking yeah. to hear Jesus say, you know. Before Abraham came to be, I am. I am. Right? And he's he's referring to himself with the name of God, uh, right? The name <laughs> that God gave Moses from the burning bush. He's referring to himself with the name that God gave Abraham. Um, so if you're not believing in that time while mm-hmm. he's saying this, of course you're thinking he's crazy and possessed. possessed. Because, like, who says this? Who says that? Who says that? Who says say I, that? Who says, I am God? Yeah. Right? Um, well, God does. Mm-hmm. Right? God does. And so... Very academically, we can kind of look at, okay, the rest of Jesus's life and we can kind of say, okay, there are these things that, that point to him as the unique son of God, as the Messiah, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's both before this scene in the gospels and after in his passion, death and resurrection, right? One of the things that is really, really interesting to me is this last, um, this last verse, verse 59. So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid and yeah, went out of the temple area. Like? How fast did he hide? Like, I, did he run? I don't know. Because I don't. Seems, you know, there's the there's that scene in like Batman where he like throws a little <laughs> thing on the ground and like there's the smoke and then he like he like runs away, right? Yeah. I, you know, I don't know if it's something like that, or like 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 a, a trick, so to speak. Uh-huh. But it does say that he's he's hiding. He Jesus hid. Okay, so I imagine him, you know, pulling up, oh, pulling up yeah. his pulling up his tunic, maybe maybe um, his his hood if he, if his tunic had a hood, right? Kind of wrapping himself up um, and, and, you know, scripture tells us he, he was just an ordinary looking dude. Mm-hmm. So kind of moving through the crowd, like an or- ordinary looking guy. Right. Because and, again, like he knows what's going to happen and when it's supposed to happen. So if it's not his time, Oh, now they're going to throw stones. We, this isn't the time for that. I'm going to have to. I also, as I was kind of thinking about this scene, I wonder if this hiding isn't about the Jews confusion. Because Say more. because they are they're picking up stones to throw at him, and I just imagine this just sort of messy and dissonant, noisy crowd mm-hmm. being angry and wanting to vilify someone, and and maybe crowds like we're used to seeing in the last three or four years, right? Um, people shouting at each other, mm-hmm. people shouting at at this at this enemy, this Jesus that they don't really understand. Right and getting so out of control, and Jesus, because he stays calm, and because he's so sure of the truth, because he's so sure of the truth of of who he is, of who God the Father is, of what their relationship is, that he's able to literally just leave the room without anybody noticing, because everyone else is so concerned with this mm. this panic, this this crazy, you he know, this crazy uncivil discourse that's happening, that Jesus just kind of slips away, right? And, and 
you know, to, to, to have Christ to be, I mean, Christ tells us later in scripture, like that he leaves his peace with us, right? Like he, he wants to leave his peace with us. So this incredibly peaceful presence, just leaving all of this discord behind, leaving all of this, this noise behind. Right. And, and then I imagine, you know, the, 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 the Jews that are really confronting him kind of looking around like, where to go? Where to go? Right. <laughs> he was just right here. Where to go? Right. Um, it, it really, really is such a, a beautiful thing to see the, the difference between Jesus's humanity, right. Which calls us to this fulfillment of our own humanity of our own, um, creation and the image and likeness of God. And then to, to see the difference between that and what humanity has become in this kind of, you know, uncivilized, very, um, almost grotesque portrayal of like mm-hmm. these, this angry mob, yeah. right. Um, they're, they're going to stone him to death because he said something they don't agree with. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Oh, it's gross, yeah. but we're not far off from that in society right now. Like, like That's there's, true. in fact, we're, we're in a lot of ways we're worse. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, you know, the, the, the thing that I think Jesus has that, that we all want in this scene, the thing that he has is, is, is the truth. Mm-hmm. He knows the truth and the truth, like it says earlier in John's gospel, I think it's earlier, the truth allows him to be free. Mm-hmm. Like the truth will set you free. The truth allows him to, to act accordingly. He doesn't, right? Oh, I was going to say he doesn't need to hide, but it just said that he hid. He doesn't need to hide. He doesn't need to be. He doesn't need to hide from anything, from, mm-hmm. from the words that they're saying, from the accusations. Mm-hmm. Jesus because is because he is the truth. Because he is the truth, and Jesus is never out of control. That's admirable. And and it's because of that freedom that he's never out of control. It's because of that truth that he's never out of control. Mm. So what is it about Jesus's freedom that's so different from ours or the lack thereof? Uh, I think that's a big question. That is a big question. Um, I think it starts with our definition of freedom. Okay. So, like I said, we just had our confirmation retreat. Um, mm-hmm. I was privileged to, uh, to you know, to be able to go and and to kind of MC our retreat and <clears throat> give a couple of talks. I got to um, to to lead, sort of moderate a talk with all of the all of the young men on the retreat. So all of our 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 staff, our young adult leaders, and then all of the candidates as well. And we talked about. Um, we talked about, we talked about a lot of guy stuff, guys, stuff that guys need to talk about, you know, Um, but we, but there was time and space for that. Yeah. But we also talked about what is it, what does it mean to, to live in freedom? Hmm. And so asking the question, like, what is freedom to, you know, a bunch of high schoolers? Um, I got some interesting answers, right? Everything from, you know, no rules, no consequences to being able to do whatever you want Mm -hmm. to, um, you know, everybody leaving you alone. Right. Um, the one thing though, that all of those answers sort of had in common is they were all, they were all kind of selfish. They were all kind of like about, this is about, about me. Right. This is, this is about, you know, kind of what, how it affects me. Exactly. How things affect me. And they were also, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a couple of different ways to look at freedom and I'm certainly not the one that, that made this up. This is largely, uh, John, John Paul II and, 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 many of his writings, especially on theology of the body, he, he discusses freedom. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But there's a difference between the freedom to do whatever you want and then the freedom from things that hold you back. Mm. Right. So there's freedom from and freedom to. And they were they were really kind of focused on freedom to. Right. I want to have the freedom to do whatever. Um, And we we even got into a discussion on on, you know, uh, how we treat others. We got into uh, talking about about you know, the things we watch on TV specifically mm-hmm. or, or the things we watch on our phone, specifically pornography, things like that, where, you know, do we have the freedom in our society mm-hmm. to look at that stuff? Yes, it's available. Um, but does that stuff hold us back? And the answer is yes, it mm-hmm. does. It, it really holds us back. It really affects families and affects mm-hmm. relationships and things like that. So yes, you have the freedom to do something, right? but you're then kind of shackled to the consequences of that. Of that right. Yeah, so yeah. which, which freedom do you really want? Right. And, um, you know, uh, one of the things that I think surprised our teens, um, we, we talked about the definition of freedom that Pope St. John Paul II, uh, gave us. And that's that freedom is not the ability to do whatever you want. Freedom is the responsibility to do what you should. Mm. Right. It's, 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 it's having the responsibility to do what you should, the responsibility and the ability to do what you should. Jesus knows his role. He knows that he is the unique son of God. He knows that he is going to, to die on a cross. He mm-hmm. knows that he's going to die for our sins. Uh, he knows all of this stuff is going to happen, right? He's gone to Israel because, or he's gone to Jerusalem to face his, his passion, to face yeah. his, his ultimate, you know, sacrifice, um, and to, and to see it through, um, the freedom that he's living in is knowing like, like he, he is not going to be free from the pain of, from Correct. the suffering of the cross. He's right. not going to be free There's from no being arrested. No. He's not going to be free from being ridiculed, ridiculed and tortured and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. But he is go- He is free from the, um, desire to run mm-hmm. because he is leaving all of this, um, leaving all of this fear, leaving all of this sort of human response to that stuff in the hands of God the Father. So he is completely relying on God the Father. And the thing is, their relationship is so beautiful, right? Their relationship is so, they are so um, intertwined, so connected, that Jesus, you know, can say, I am, he is God. He Mm -hmm. can say, I am, he can use the the name of God from a, from a totally, um, from a totally free place mm-hmm. because he, he is so confident in the truth that God, the father has revealed to him. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it's not scary and, and we, like, I look at that and I go, well, that's easy. He's Jesus, right? That's easy. He's, he's God. He's got this connection. But the, but the, the truth is like God, the father reveals things to me all the time. Right. You've got the connection too. Yeah. Because you're his son. Yeah. And so, so what is it about Jesus that, that, you know, why can he make that choice, make that correct choice to, to, to let God lead him, to let God show him the truth, to let God, you know, um, you know, reveal who he is in such, in such confidence and and with such consistency. And I think, I think it's a willingness not necessarily to live in his own freedom, right? As an autonomous human being, but a willingness to live in the freedom of God, mm-hmm. to know that God is going to take care of him all the time, right? 
And that's the thing that Jesus keeps in the forefront of his mind more than anything else is that this is God, the father's plan, right? Later in the, in the agony in the garden, he says, you know, not my will, but your will be done. And he means that that's probably the most powerful, meaningful part of that prayer more than him saying, father, let this cup pass from me. Right. Mm -hmm. He's he, when he says not your, not, not, not my will, but, but your will be done that's the falling down on your knees. I want to live in the freedom of your plan yeah. part of that prayer. Yeah. I, I get that confused all the time, right? I, I have this laundry list of things that I'm complaining to God about. Mm -hmm. And my tagline at the end of the laundry list is like, okay, mm. but uh, your will mm -hmm. be done. Right. <laughs> Like it's never, like you're obligated to throw that. In yeah. The end, yeah. It's really like, mean it. it's like, I'd really like to just find oh. my keys right now, God, like, and I'd like it right now. Mm. And I'd, you know, like it with a pizza, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, but if that's not God's will, you know, banging your head against the wall of God's will, it doesn't do you any good. Right. Sure. Isn't going to help anything. And that's not, that's not freedom. Like if, if mm. God is, if, if you're so opposed to God's will, even if you're trying not to be, but if you're so opposed to God's will that God is kind of having to force you into your vocation or to force you kicking and screaming into a prayer life or to force you kicking and screaming into, you know, um, giving something up for Lent. Yeah. That's not freedom. He's, just, he's not going to do that. That's, that's not what he wants. Right. Right. He, he wants you to look at the options and to say, I freely choose to live in the will of God mm -hmm. because Choosing that will enable me to be free from the consequences of sin, which is death. There you go. Right? Tying it up nicely. Yes, yes, yes. So freedom from. Early, uh, earlier in our, in our scripture, um, Jesus says, whoever keeps my word will never see death. And they're all confused with that, huh? But what's confusing about it? I mean, at least, at least to, to us, right? They, they are. Now, they are. Yeah, they yeah. are. But... I mean, Jesus is saying like, Nikki, James, this is the one rule. This mm -hmm. is like, this is it. If you don't, you know, if you don't remember anything else from my story or from our time together in prayer or know from anything this. else, know this. If you pay attention to me and you, you just, you just do your best to follow me, right? I'll pick up the slack. I'm the one that's going to get up there on the cross and die. Okay. Right. I will pick up the slack. If you do your best to come this direction not only will I, I save you, will I love you, will we have this great relationship together, will life be, you know, fulfilling and wonderful and all this, you will never die. You will never die. The one thing that we are all afraid of, right? Why, yeah. did, why did Adam and Eve hide in the garden? Was it because they disappointed God? No, it's because they thought God was going to kill them. Mm -hmm. That's why, right? And Jesus says, you'll never die. You don't have to be afraid of that anymore, mm. right? To me, that is, um, in a, in a very like, like upfront theological way, that's really cool mm -hmm. in a very human way. It's terrifying. It is, it is really, it is really scary that God has yeah. that much power Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I don't, that I am, I am mm -hmm. that sort of out of control and that that's kind of God's definition of freedom is, is in order to be really free, we got to give him the control. Okay. I don't feel so afraid of that. I don't know if that's... Ooh, I want to talk about that. 
Uh, that's. I feel like is that is that should I say that out loud? No, you you absolutely <laughs> should. I'm I'm I'm. I don't feel that afraid of that. I feel comforted by that. I'm I'm impressed by that. It's not that I don't feel. It's not that I don't have confidence in God. Mm-hmm. I feel like giving up that much control is a. For for me, that is very tough. See, and I don't mind giving up control because I do not need to be in charge. I feel like I'm a good worker bee, mm-hmm. and I don't. I get um, intimidated by being the person in charge. Okay. Like when people are looking around for the adult in the room, I am also looking around for the the okay. adult in the room. Like, yeah. who's in charge? It's not me, is yeah. it? Please don't let it be me. I I I I have a lot of. Um, I have a lot of admiration for that. I struggle with that balance of, you know, um, not, not like not necessarily delegating Like I'm not a control freak. I'm not like a mm-hmm. micromanager, but I do want to, um, I want to have a, uh, like, like if God is the chef, I at least want to be the sous chef. Okay. I at least want to be like, maybe just a little more salt, mm. right? Like I, like I want, you know, like I have, <laughs> I, I have, coach. I have like a, crit, a critique for God every once in a while. Right. Mm. And it's not, Interesting. it's not coming. Like I, I hope that it doesn't come, come from a place of not being humble. It's really just coming from a place of, I mean, just like Eve looking at the fruit on the tree, like well, that, that, that looks, I want to reach out and grab that, it right? Like good. that's what I want to do too. I, I want to kind of reach out and, mm. and, and give it a, a nudge in one direction or another. Um, and I really have to work on, you know, and, and sometimes I'm good at it. Sometimes I'm not, but I really, really have to stay aware that that's one of my, one of my crosses. Mm-hmm. And in order to carry it, I got to put my hands in my pockets and keep my mouth shut sometimes. <laughs> right. Um, that's hard. Yeah. It is hard. It is hard. When and your natural inclination is to not. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, I, I do, I do, uh, I do get some, some consolation from the gospels knowing that like James and John and Peter, like the inner three all had their moments in scripture mm. where they were like, Hey Jesus, let's do this. How about this? How about this? And Jesus is like, Hey, how about y'all be quiet? Right. Like, <laughs> You know, I do love that. Let's, oh, let's move on. Let's move on from that dumb idea. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, okay. So, so, so where does that get us in terms of, in terms of freedom? Um, I'm going to ask you a question oh, as gosh. a mom, as a mom, right. Um, were there ever times, and I, I, I know the answer to this question. I hope were, I do. Were there ever, you do. <laughs> were there ever times raising your kids, especially when they were little mm-hmm. that you felt like we're missing out on some other aspect of life because we've got all these little kids running around. Yes. Yeah. Oh gosh. All the time. Okay. Can you, can you give me an example? There were lots of times when, so when Raleigh and Andrew were little, we lived in new Orleans with our family and there were lots of gatherings and it seemed like for the first couple years when, when my kids were little that Matt and I were always like the other, um, siblings were okay to to walk away and mm-hmm. talk with the grown-ups and I just felt like who's gonna watch the kids and it was like nobody and I just I felt like I was missing out on all the adult conversation and what was happening in the real world because I was you know wiping noses and helping tie shoes and and do that kind of stuff sure and you know my mom she's a saint because she would always say Nikki 
you've got the best job. Like you're, you're here with, these are the precious ones. These are the apple. This is the apple of God's eye. Like stay where you are. This is the good spot. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't see it at the time. Mm -hmm. I was frustrated because I, I wanted what I didn't have, which was the freedom to Mm -hmm. participate in what I wanted to participate at the time, which was not what I had. Sure. Grown up talking that. Sure. Do do you look back? Do you look back on those memories now and and feel a sense of of nostalgia? I guess about that that like even though you didn't recognize it at the time, like Mm -hmm. that purpose was was very special, right? Like it was. It was, yeah. yeah. And I can, and it's beautiful because like when I'm around young people now, um, there's I'm kind of in that weird gelatinous stage where it's like I don't have grandkids and I also don't have friends with little kids just yet but every once in a while there's a little person who's around and um I just it's so easy to see them as little replicas of God Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. walking the earth that I'm like it's definitely one of those moments where I'm like I wish I could have appreciated it at the time sure so and that and that the the reason that I asked that I, I think brings us back to okay Lent so are are we experiencing the that freedom of of a real sort of holy purpose mm. during Lent, right? And I think we'd all agree, parenthood, motherhood, uh, really, like your vocation is your holy purpose. It is mm-hmm. what God is calling you to do to make you holier, to make you a saint, right? So the 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 freedom that's found in that is not always going to be apparent. It's, it's, it's not always, it's mm, it, a lot right. of times it's going to feel like, man, I, I really want to go. I'm, I'm just, you're from New Orleans. So I'm going to make an assumption here. I really want to go to this Mardi Gras party mm-hmm. with my family, but maybe I, I feel like I drew the short straw and I'm going to stay home with kids so that everybody else yeah. can go have fun. And that feels very purposeless. It feels like you're being left out, but that is your vocation, yeah. right? That is not only what you're called to do, but what you're privileged to do, what yeah. God has, has brought you to, to make you a saint. So in Lent, it's important that we see the, these moments, that we see this time that we get to spend with Jesus one-on-one as not only an obligation, not only um, a sacrifice, or um, even like not only as a, a prayer or opportunities for prayer, but as an opportunity to live our vocation for the moment, Mm. right? And our vocation for the moment is always going to be oriented towards the truth of who we are. It's always going to reveal the truth about who we are. So when we're being true to ourselves and when we're being true to God and the purpose that God has called us to, we, our default position is freedom. We, we can't be anywhere else, yeah. right? And even if we struggle, even if we sin, even if we fall down, even if we tell God no, even if we come back to that place of acceptance that God, this is my vocation and I, I screwed up and I yelled at my kid when I shouldn't have or I forgot one of them at soccer practice or whatever the thing is that, whatever the thing is that, that distracts us from that purpose, from that call, our God is a God of, where are you right now? Mm-hmm. Let's pick it up and let's move on and let's live in the freedom that I'm going to give you because I am the one revealing to you who you are. Yeah. You don't, you don't have a say really in who you are. You get to accept it and to live it out and to receive who you are as a gift 
and to see it as a gift. And that more than anything in the whole world, right? More, more, than, more than anything that the world could provide, that is freedom, yeah. right? And, and Jesus not only, you know, he, he knows all this stuff, you know, how can he be so calm? How can he be so sure? How can, because he knows that that's who he is. Gosh. That's good. In his in in his heart of hearts, he is one hundred percent positive about who he is. There is no doubt. There's also no doubt that he's going to die. Mm-hmm. There's also no doubt that it's going to hurt a lot, right? But he can still rest in the freedom of knowing who he is and knowing that this is what is needs to be done. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I have another. Um, so it like doesn't the parenthood thing? It's not just when when they were little, but I'm just thinking about this past Christmas and like the same sort of thing happened when one of my kids, um, tested positive for COVID and the rest of us were going in for the first time in two years. So it was like a big deal. And I think leading up to, um, the day before we were supposed to leave, Matt and I deciding on who was going to stay home. And, um, I, I don't even want to say I, I, I pulled the short straw or whatever. I, I, I wanted to stay back, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and there was lots of calls coming in from family like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I just didn't feel sorry. I felt really grateful mm-hmm. to get that time with one kid mm-hmm. that it was like, I felt complete freedom. Like I was exhaling beautifully. Mm-hmm. It just felt right and good and I was happy to be there and you know he's an adult child so he's like he didn't necessarily think I should have stayed or that kind of thing like he yeah. was over the top thankful that I stayed yeah. back with him but the 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 privilege was mine mm-hmm. I felt like I there was no way I would have enjoyed myself had I gone mm-hmm. because I knew that my role was to be with him mm-hmm. yeah is I mean when we're when we're like when we're living in that sacrificial love, right? Whether it's as a parent or, or even just, even maybe just in your prayer time that you, you feel like, well, God, I'm, I'm, I would much rather be, I don't know, watching sports center or, mm-hmm. or I'd, I'd much rather be doing something else. Right. But I'm going to sacrifice this five minutes and really thinking about it as a sacrifice. God, I'm, giving this to you, not, not sacrificing the sense of, Oh, poor me, I'm sacrificing, but God, I am offering this to you. I am giving you this as a gift and it's already yours. This Mm -hmm. five minutes, you've called me to this five minutes. You were here before I was right. So it's already yours, but this gift that you're giving me, I'm, I'm reciprocating it. I'm giving it back to you. I, there's just something so powerful about that. Like, like that's wired into us as human beings. Like, I don't care who you are, you, you know, when, when, when we're grateful and when we're sacrificial, we're, it, it's just, it's really hard to be sad. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to be angry. It's really hard to be, even when the outside, to be frustrated, even when like, the world sucks, yeah, you know, like, and it looks like it should be yeah. disappointing. And, and I, and I really think that's, I, I really think that's, that's the freedom and the peace that Christ is, is describing. Mm-hmm. That's the freedom and the peace that he lives in all the time. You know, we're looking around for freedom as like, I want to be able to do whatever I want, mm-hmm. right? And and we're looking around for peace as I want my tranquil spot on a mountain where I can just sit by yeah. myself. But that's not where the world is. That's right. not the world that you live in. So, so okay, so then what is it? Well, it's, it's making a return to God, making a return to your neighbor mm. in a way that, that 
that allows you to get out of your own way, right? Yeah. And and um, I know for me, I mean, you you, you mention you mention um, that that action as a parent, and and how as a parent, um, maybe those opportunities come, right? And and certainly, probably as your kids get older, um, and I, I think that's really beautiful that you said it's it's your it was an adult child and that your child was appreciative, right? Was like saw that for the incredible thing that it was, the blessing that it was and was appreciative. I think that, that a lot of us would feel a lot better about our relationship with God if we gave ourselves the opportunity to recognize those moments, mm. right? Just to recognize those moments where you did well, you did well as a parent, as a coworker, in, in, in your, you know, even in your, even in your hobbies, right? Um, mm-hmm. one of the things that my therapist and I talk about all the time, like he wants me to write down when I, when I do things well, mm-hmm. even if there are things that I think could have been better. He's like, I want you to write down all of the, all of the good, all of the good things, right? That, that, and it's what I've realized, practice, yeah. what I've realized is, is the good things far outweigh the bad, far outweigh the bad. And that's not because of of me necessarily it's it's because life is really good yeah life is really beautiful and and blessed and even when it's horrible and even when there's horrible things going on in the world we are loved by a god who who wants us to be happy and wants us to be fulfilled and wants us to have freedom and wants us to have peace Mm. right um you know i i uh i wonder kind of thinking about it if in those moments of you know, such hostility and persecution that Jesus was experiencing. Ones like we just read where people were going to stone him to death. Imagine Jesus being happy in those moments. Yeah. Right. And that's not to say he wasn't aware of the situation. Right. I just feel like his freedom and his purpose made him supremely happy. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't think he was ever necessarily like depressed, at least out of that, out of that fear right of the unknown or that right, fear right. of of insecurity or anxiety or whatever mm-hmm. um that's that's powerful that Absolutely. that happiness almost kind of becomes like a like a weapon or a shield mm-hmm. right from the anxieties of the, of the world, of the world yeah, yeah. yeah yeah you know what i was thinking of too like um i don't know why this one popped into my head but um you know how you feel when you, uh, give to other people, like even if it's, um, someone on the street or if it's like for, um, a nonprofit and you give money or you hear about someone who's in need and, and you give, and it might be sacrificial for you. It might not, but when it's sacrificial and you kind of have to play that game in your head of, Oh, can we give this? I feel like I should. Mm -hmm. And the, the sensation when you give of pure joy and happiness. And I think that that like falls in line with that's the freedom of knowing the truth that we belong to each other mm-hmm. and what's mine is yours and what's yours is mine. And we're here for each other and we were created mm-hmm. for each other. Mm-hmm. And again, to echo JP two, I have the responsibility to engage in that transaction. Mm-hmm. I have the responsibility to, to do the right thing. Right. And, and the freedom that God provides is, knowing that you have that responsibility and that you're going to be taken care of regardless of the circumstances, right? right? Regardless of, of, you know, what people might say or think or do to you that, you know, 
kind of living in that capital T truth of who God mm-hmm. is and, and, and what his, what your relationship is with him is more than anything going to make you happy. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a, um, I don't want to get off into the weeds with this, but there's a, um, a phrase going around like, and it's been going around for several, several years now, live your truth. Mm. Right. And, and a, a lot of times our, you know, our teens will, will bring that up. Um, or even sometimes parents will bring that up that, you know, you have to live your truth. And, and certainly it has merit in the sense of, you know, you, you, you have to, you can only see the world from your perspective, right. And, and you, um, in, in reality, you can't really walk in someone else's shoes. Um, and you have to, to do your best to, to be the person that God is calling you to be from that perspective, right? You, you can't really be any, anywhere else. Right. But it's dangerous in the sense that, you know, y- you, you don't get to decide what the truth is, right? Especially about God, mm-hmm. right? Um, he, he is the creator. He is the, he, he, he is God. It's his unique privilege to reveal your identity to you. It's his unique privilege mm-hmm. to, to, to show you what freedom is in your relationship with him. You don't get to just pick it. Right. And that's a tough thing. It's a really, really tough thing. It's a really, really fine line. And it sounds like semantics, but it's, but it's not, mm-hmm. it, it really is an important distinction of, you know, God's responsibilities. Mm-hmm in this covenant that he's made with us, just the covenant of life, right. That he's made with us. That's his job. It's his job. And, and, you know, to, to take another lesson from Jesus in the gospel that we read, Jesus lets God, the father do that for Mm. him. He lets God, the father do that for him. Right. So shouldn't we take a note from that? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, um, again, you know, we've, I think we've both shared before, like things that have have worked for us in prayer. One of the things that I keep coming back to, um, both in spiritual direction and just in my own prayer life is just asking God the question, you know, God, what do you, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. What do you want me to do? And, and just giving him the room to answer that question. Um, the be- one of the beautiful things about Lent is it, it strips away a lot of, a lot of extra stuff yeah. and it gives us the room to let God answer questions like that for us. I love that. I still have that visual in my head of you with the cleaning out the fridge. Mm-hmm. You know, letting Lent kind of be that, um, I mean, how it's nice to have a clean fridge all the time, Mm -hmm. but during Lent, we're going to, you know, really make room for, my fridge is so gross right now. God, it's so, it's, I've got so much stuff in there. Yeah, I do. There's so much stuff in there. (laughs) As you prepare for leftovers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Not my spiritual fridge. My actual fridge is my actual fridge is a nightmare at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's okay. I'll clean it at some point. How's the smell? Uh, it's fine. It's actually a very efficient a refrigerator. Thingy, majingy. Somewhere in there. Absorbing. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. Way, way, way <laughs> Do back. Do you ever cut there. onions and put them in the fridge? Uh, I'll cut onions and put them in a Ziploc bag and then put them in the fridge. Do you put them in one Ziploc bag? Yeah. Two. Just one. Onions. And don't, it doesn't permeate. I love to cook, so onions don't last too long. Honestly, like I'm they always. They don't need to. They could just last for like a half hour and boom. I'm always running out of onions. All right. Yeah. All right. I knew you'd have an answer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it smells terrible. Maybe that's my, why my dog is always walking up to the fridge and, <laughs> you know, staring. So, um, okay. So I have, I have one more kind of, uh, maybe a little bit different thing, uh, for us to consider about okay. freedom. Okay. 
Um, Lent, we've talked about Lent as a journey. Mm-hmm. We have talked about Lent as making space, cleaning out the fridge. We've talked about how we we go into this time, into the desert with Jesus, that he's waiting for us there, that he's kind of calling us, he's drawing us forward into this sort of 40-day-long encounter with him where he's, he's working on us. Mm-hmm. He's really kind of... Um, chipping away at, at the, at the excess, right? He's, 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 he's like a, he's, he's like a sculptor sort of slowly revealing these things about us. That, this is, this is the, this is the part where we get to kind of, we get to go, Ooh, okay. So, so what is my responsibility in this? If I'm going to step back and let God be God and kind of take control, Mm -hmm. what is, what is my responsibility then afterwards, if I'm, if I'm not supposed to be in charge, Mm. then what does it look like? Um, the, the, in the, in the catechism, uh, the church calls it the, 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 the dynamism, right? Am I saying that right? So, so the way in which the church operates, right. Um, is missionary. Okay. We are never, ever as a church ever not on a mission. We are never, ever excused from sharing the gospel. We're never, ever excused from, from going out and making the presence of Christ, the presence of, of God more known, right? Okay. We think about that, and, we, and, and I, I mean, I think about that in youth ministry terms. So I think about how am I, how am I getting the kids to engage in their community? How mm-hmm. am I getting, you know? But I think the church wants us to think about that in the smallest of ways in our lives mm-hmm. and the biggest of ways in our So everything from like St. Martin de Porres, um, example of anything can be a prayer. Mm-hmm. So if you're sweeping your garage, make that a prayer, make that Offer a prayer, that. right? Offer it up to, you know, the, the biggest things again, you know, mother, uh, St. St. Teresa of Calcutta, mother Teresa saying, find your own Calcutta, right. find your place of doing God's work and make it a, you know, like change the world, right? Are you going to change the world sweeping your garage? Well, not necessarily, not necessarily in ways that we can really comprehend, Mm -hmm. right? But prayer changes things. Are you going to change the world if you go to someplace like Calcutta and take care of the poor for your entire life? Yeah. You're going to change people's lives. You're going to change people's hearts. But if, if that's not a prayer, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna burn out and the the world is going to win. Right. So that's when the burnout comes. So there's, so there's this balance, there's this balance of, of sort of doing and, and praying, right. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're doing and praying. And those two things are really compelling us forward. Right. So if we take this freedom, if we take this peace that God is offering in the way that God is offering it, where is your prayer life taking you? Where is your call to action? Like, like, where is your Calcutta? I'm, I'm saying this because we're, we're, we're late in Lent. We're, we're coming up on Holy Week, uh, Palm Sunday. We're going to read about Jesus fulfilling this prophecy of riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. He is the only person in that scene who's elevated up on, a, up, mm-hmm. up on this animal, right? Mm-hmm. All of the Israelites have, have laid down these, you know, these palm fronds, right, mm-hmm. to welcome him in. And um, he knows he's going to his death. They're yeah. singing Hosanna, which means come save us. They yeah. know that he's the one, right? And they know that he's, he's the king and he's come there to, you know, to, 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 to save Israel and, and all this kind of stuff. How are, are you or, or how am I 
also up on that donkey, willing to go to the place that God Mm -hmm. is calling me to go. Wow. Yeah. Right. I don't think we get there without freedom. I don't think we get there before, you know, without getting to a place first of, Mm. of really letting God be in control. And then us realizing I'm the most free when I let God lead me, Mm -hmm. when I let God bring me to my Jerusalem wherever that is, if that's yeah. in my family, if it's at my workplace, if it's, that's beautiful. if it's Calcutta, right. Yeah. Wherever that is, I have to let God lead me there. Mm-hmm. Right now saying that is one thing going and doing, doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a completely different, com- com- completely piece. different. So as a little challenge for Holy week and, and maybe even, you know, beyond Easter, go do, yeah, go do something. Don't, you know, um, was it Father Mike Schmitz that said, stop, like, he was like, stop discerning your vocation and go do it, right? Like, yeah. like we spend so much time kind of wondering what God is calling. So we ask that question, yeah. God, what do you want me to do? And then when God answers, or... or I don't really want to do that. I don't really want to do it. Or we don't get the, <laughs> the clear, like, lightning strike answer that we think we ought to get. And so we keep asking the question for mm-hmm. years, right? Yeah, and I think it's okay to fake it till you make it and just kind of fine tune. I think the the biggest, most important thing is to continue the conversation with him, continue mm-hmm. the prayer, continue to hold his gaze because he's not gonna he's not gonna steer you wrong. Mm-hmm. So any lack of understanding is coming from our from from my end, mm-hmm. right? So I just need to continue checking in with him. Yeah, you know, and so, know that he, and trust. Yeah. That he's going to lead me in the direction where I can live in his fullness. And I can, I can guarantee you it is not going to look like what you think it should look like. Right. Because, and that's exciting to me. It's like, exciting. Yeah. He's, he's a God of surprises, but mm-hmm. he's also, um, loving. So I can, I trust that even if it doesn't look like what I think it should, mm-hmm. I'm going to be, um, thrilled with maybe not at first, but thrilled with, um, where he leads me. Sure. Yeah, I mean Saint Saint Therese is Saint, Saint Therese of Lisieux is the is the patroness of of missionaries and missions. Mm-hmm. Yet she was a nun who was confined Stationary. to her room because she was sick. <laughs> right, right. Her pretty much her whole life. So, mm-hmm. well, how does that work? Well, God had a role for her in prayer, right? For praying for missionaries and missions, but she had a heart for missionary work. She had mm-hmm. a heart for sharing the gospel. She wanted to do it so badly, and God pretty much said, "Hey, you're." Your job is just to talk to me about this, yeah. right? And and once she figured that out, I mean, her life, I mean, her like reading her reading her writings, reading her life story. Even though you know ninety percent of it takes place in this little convent, it's just the most beautiful life. It's mm-hmm. just the most beautiful thing because she's so fulfilled in her relationship with God. The same thing. The same thing with with Mother Teresa. Even as she was experiencing this dark night of the soul and experiencing this, these very dry, long, dry spells in prayer, she was so sure that she was where she was supposed mm-hmm. to be. And, and on days when she wasn't sure, she still said yes. Yeah. Right. Um, that, I, I, I just think there's something there, um, that we as human beings need, mm-hmm. right. That when we, when we say yes to that, when we engage with God in that way, um, we're, we're fulfilling a need in our own heart, in our own mind that a lot of us don't realize yeah. is there, but it's a need that really changes the world. It really kind of changes things when we, when we tap into that. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, we are just about out of time. Uh, I really, really, really appreciate Nikki. Your, um, I'm going to say this for our listeners. 
my schedule has been absolutely crazy and it is my fault for not, uh, for not delegating more and for not being a little more willing to let the Holy Spirit, um, Mm. take over things that we haven't gotten more episodes out and we haven't been able to podcast more during Lent. Um, so, uh, thank you, Nikki, for being patient and thank you for being such a wonderful co-host. I love you very much and I love what we get to do here together. And, um, I'm really, really excited about, uh, about Holy Week and about Easter, and I can't wait to talk about it with you and to share that with our ragamuffin listeners um, on the other side of Easter. Sounds great. I, You don't need to be all that. I, 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 I did, All this stuff is like not a surprise to God, so I honestly feel like we are contributing to the kingdom in the way that he wants us to, in the time and in the capacity. So... You're good. That's why Nikki is like the holiest person You're I know. You're good. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and to you, Ragamuffins, thank you so much for listening. We hope your Lent has been really fruitful, that it continues to be fruitful. We encourage you to go do something this yeah. Holy Week. And if it hasn't been fruitful, hey, 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 there's grace for There's that. grace. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Um, be kind to yourself. Absolutely. And and take, you know, take today, take this moment for what it is. Take this moment as an opportunity to be open to grace, maybe for the first time or for the zillionth time this Lent, right? However it's going, continue to be open to that grace. Um, when I say go do something, I don't mean in spite of the liturgy that goes on uh, during during Holy Week. Mm-hmm. I mean sort of in conjunction, in concert with that liturgy. Yeah. You know, the, the homeless are still, they still need shelter. The hungry still need food. Um, you know, like that kind of stuff is still going on even mm-hmm. during Holy Week. So, you know, if you... If you um, Maybe maybe you can't make it to all of Triduum. Um, maybe, maybe you can. I hope that you can. And if right? you haven't done any of that before, I encourage you to do just one thing. Yeah, like just Holy Thursday Mass. Check or... it out. Yeah, um, and and try try to tie that into you know some some sort of active missionary being his hands and feet purpose yeah. this uh, this Lent for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, whether that's praying more, fasting, almsgiving. Um, just you got choices. Keep yeah, keep <laughs> keep moving forward and keep allowing God to, to give you that peace and that freedom. I like that. I like that. That's too. a good message. It is. This message brought to you by the mouthfeel. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I had to come back to that. My taco was so good. The late to church podcast. <laughs> the podcast with the best mouthfeel, right? Yeah, yeah, mouthfeel for the holiest mouthfeel. Okay. Um, on that note, we're going to pray and we're going to get out of here. Let's pray together. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ragamuffins, we love you. Um, have a wonderful, wonderful Holy Week and a very happy Easter. And uh, we, you will hear from us uh, very soon. We'll talk to you later. Yes, be blessed. Be blessed. Peace. Child, hold your head up high. Keep pressing through the 
Late to Church podcast is an AMET Creative production and is hosted by James Longoria and Nikki Moncada. Our theme music is Candle in the Shadows by The Poor Kings. Check them out on Spotify or wherever you download music. Incidental music is by Punch Deck. Find us on Instagram at Late to Church Podcast and let us know your questions, comments, and thoughts by contacting Late to Church Podcast at gmail.com. Your insights might even be featured on the show. Just a little reminder, you are good. You are worthy. You are the beloved. Look around for the Lord today. He loves you and he wants an encounter with you. Thank you for journeying with us. We're praying for you. Peace.